Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, this is Jeff Rizzo from the Detroit Lions podcast and Lions Wire coming at you on June 1st with a little bit of an update on what I saw today at Lions OTAs. But first, the intro. Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. All right. So, June 1st, second open OTA session to those of us in the media. Uh, I made the trip over to Allen Park. Uh, got some sunburn, as you can probably see on the face a little bit. Uh, that's why the hat is on. Uh, probably uh, have a little bit more bald spot on the top than I want to talk about, but that, 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 it's all good. It was a great day. Uh, wonderful weather. I will never complain about it being too hot. And the players didn't either. They liked it. Uh, in fact, uh, Jamar Jefferson came over to us after practice like, let's keep this for uh, for when it gets colder later on this year and uh, put it in our pocket. And uh, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you, Jamar. Uh, first thing we're going to talk about is the growing elephant in the room. It's not going to go away. Uh, it's not something, again, it's June 1st. Remember that as I go into this whole thing, it's June 1st. They're not in pads. They're not running full speed all the time. They're not playing against live defense. They can't be tackled. Not now, No contact. But the chemistry issues between Jamison Williams and Jared Goff continue to be something that we have to talk about because they're there. Um, look, there is so much riding on Jamison Williams becoming, when he gets back from a six-game suspension, becoming a primary threat in the offense. And right now, again, it's June 1st, it's just not there. There is some serious communication issues between the two. Some of it is that Jamo is learning how to run routes better, and he's not where he needs to be when he needs to be there. And that really showed on one particular rep today uh, when they're going against uh, basically uh, like w- there's one receiver with one defensive back in a route, and Jamo got open okay on a post route, but the throw wound up being um, low and behind him. It bounced to him, and as soon as Goff threw it, he threw up his hands like come on, why aren't you there where you're supposed to be? Because Goff was clearly throwing it to a point. J-Mo clearly wasn't at that point. And it was something that uh, as J-Mo walked back to the to the starting area of the, of the drill, Ben Johnson came out and put his arm around him and talked to him for a little bit. And then as that drill ended shortly thereafter, uh, Goff and J-Mo were talking. Uh, they were not talking, um, it wasn't like anger, it was more like, hey man, we gotta work this out. Um, and Goff was leading it. Uh, Jamo, again, we're, we're far away from it, we're probably 40 yards away from the, the place, so we can't hear it. It didn't look like Jamo was saying much, but Goff was clearly like trying to get with him and, and communicate, and they were, you know, pointing things, you know, like, hey, this is where I need you to be. Uh, it's something that we saw last week as well, and the fact that it's not getting better and it's not getting worked out yet is. Again, it's June 1st, but it is something to continue to watch, and it's something that we're going to have to keep watching 
until it does get better uh, because it's a very big deal for this offense. If Jamison Williams cannot be relied upon by Goff or Ben Johnson, uh, once he gets back from suspension, then that's a big loss to the offense because they don't have anybody else that can do those things. He has elite speed, and he does show the ability to make some things happen with the ball in his hands. He made a couple of very nice catches today. Uh, I didn't see a drop. Uh, I, I will say that I didn't watch that drill the entire time, and I was watching. Uh, they had wide receivers on one side and quarterbacks with... Um, so Sudfeld was throwing one part. Actually, Adrian Martinez was working on one part of as well. They're, they're kind of like on the opposite hash marks, throwing the same routes uh, mirrored. Uh, and I was watching some of that on the other side, too. So uh, I can't say that I saw every JMO rep, but I didn't see him put the ball on the ground. I did see a guy, though, that was struggling to be where and when he needed to be. The throws on timing routes, they're just not there yet. Again, that's what summer's for. That's what practice is for. We're, ta we're talking about practice here. Like We gotta got to make that clear. It's way too early to stress out about it. But it's also something that does need to get better. And that's one of the reasons why they're practicing. And that's one of the reasons why it's great that JMO can continue to practice. Because he needs it. And uh, I didn't see any any indication from him that he was reluctant to talk with golf or trying to work it out. He wasn't like standoffish or anything like that. But it's something that those two have to continue working out. Goff, I uh, got to gotta bring this up because he was, he was great today. Uh, looked very, very sharp. Hit a couple of throws that were timing routes that, uh, man, <laughs> nice. Uh, Sam Laporta caught one. Goff led him, uh, and when 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 he threw it, uh, the group that I was standing with uh, of the media, there was probably five or six of us there, were like, uh-oh, threw that too far out in front. Nope. Laporta went and got it. And that's the kind of thing that we want to see. Uh, it was very nice. Goff was sharp. He was more demonstrative today. Uh, still had the, the the sleeve around his knee, but, but looked really, really good um, and was vocal in leadership today. And I think that's something that the offense is looking for from him to, to step up and be a little bit more of a, you know, tell me as well as show me type of leader. Because that, that's not always who Jared Goff is, but uh, he wore that hat very comfortably today and, and wore it very well. So uh, it was nice to see Goff have a, a better day than he did last week when we saw him when he was a little... Rusty, I think is probably the best word for it. And, you know, more practices. Again, progress. Good. Very good. Uh, Got to talk a little bit about a couple of the receivers. Let me refer to the notes here. Uh, first off, uh, got to... I, I tweeted this out. Jameer Gibbs as a receiver. Uh, wrote a thing at Lions Wire. Please check it out. Uh, where I did a rookie projection, uh, stat projection, where I compared uh, Jameer Gibbs coming out of Alabama to a couple of rookies of the past. And one of them was Chris Johnson when he came out of East Carolina, joined the Titans in 2008 as a first-round pick. The guy that he really reminded me of, and I put this in my draft notes back in, the back in I think it was February or March, was Eric Metcalf. First-round pick, number 13 or 14 overall by the Cleveland Browns back in 1989. And Eric Metcalf came out of Texas as a guy who was known more for his receiving skills than his running skills. And on a Browns team that didn't have a very good offensive line, but was loaded everywhere else, didn't have the best running statistics, but he caught a ton of passes. In fact, later in his career, he turned into a slot receiver. And it's easy to see J-Mo having, I'm sorry, easy to see Gibbs having those same sorts of receiving skills. Like he is running routes. He's not just going to a point. He is looking really, really sharp, impressive, 
Uh, and he has a different gear to him that, that when he moves. That's just it's special, man. It, it, it's cool to watch. It's cool to see. It's very, very difficult to not get very excited about what we're seeing from Jameer Gibbs so far. Uh, again, not contact, so he's not breaking tackles. He's not making people miss, not doing things like that. He's just just the physical act of him running and catching is very nice. It looks great. Um, against Again, it's against air, uh, but it sure looks like, and the Alabama tape confirms it, that when those pads do come on and when the, the bullets start flying for real, uh, he's going to be a special type of receiving weapon out of the backfield and also perhaps out of the slot. We haven't seen him run from the slot yet. Uh, everything's been out of the backfield, but he looks, uh, he looks good. He looks real good. Uh, a couple of the other things. Um, and this, I, let's see what we got here. Uh, 33. Let's see who's number 33. I believe that's Mo Ibrahim. It is Mo Ibrahim. I refer to the, the rosters here. I got my uh, handy numerical roster. 33. Mohamed Ibrahim, undrafted rookie running back out of Minnesota. Last week I called him slow. Didn't see that today. He looked sharp today. He looked explosively dynamic today, both on taking the, the ball on handoffs and also in getting, getting out into routes. Saw so a lot more that I like from Mo Ibrahim today that indicate that he's a serious contender to make the roster. Uh, now, I, I got to say, Craig Reynolds was back today, wearing number 13, and Craig also looked really explosive, dynamic, uh, caught the caught a couple of passes that you wouldn't normally expect a guy with his physique to catch. Uh, for being a, a very muscular guy, uh, he's he's got some, got some ability to, to stretch out and make plays, and uh, it was nice to see that that number three, number four, number five running back battle is wide open. I didn't even bring up Greg Bell or, or Jamar in this, but uh, both of those guys are present as well and accounted for. And it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out because right now it looks like the Lions are very healthy at the running back spot. Uh, no David Montgomery today. Uh, Dan Campbell before practice indicated that it was nothing serious. I believe him uh, after seeing the injury last week happen literally right in front of me. Didn't look, didn't look like anything serious. Uh, Montgomery wasn't even there, to, to my knowledge, today, so no big deal. A lot of guys sat out today. Uh, Dan just keeping people keeping people ready for, for minicamps. One of the things that Dan talked about in his pre, pre-practice press conference, which is not easy for me to say. Uh, a couple of other guys that made notes. Chase Coda, wearing number 88. And I made this quote to a couple other people while I was there today, uh, and they agreed. If he put number 85 on him, which is Tom Kennedy's jersey, and and basically put lifts in Tom Kennedy's <laughs> shoes, like they're the same guy. Uh, Chase Coda is taller. I believe he goes at 6'0". Let's actually look that up. Chase Coda is number 88, for those of you who are watching along. He's listed at 6'4", 200. I'm going to say he's not 6'4". I'm going to say he's probably 6'2.5"-ish, maybe 6'3". Uh, and Tom Kennedy, obviously not that, but they run the same way. They have the same gait out of the slot. They have the same sort of, like, like yeah, I'm, I got this, you know, fast feet, shiftiness, a lot of head and shoulder action as they're running their routes to set up their breaks where you, you can go either way and, and, confuse, and, and catching the ball, extending outside the body to make catches. Uh, Tom Kennedy does that very well. Chase Cota also does that very well. Couldn't really judge how fast Chase was today. Um, but uh, there, there's something worth looking at there. Dylan Drummond from Eastern Michigan, another undrafted rookie, 
made a very nice catch on a throw from Nate Sudfeld uh, and the drill that I was talking about earlier with with JMO and, and Goff. Uh, that wasn't a great throw. Uh, not that there were many of those from Nate Sudfeld today. And that's, yeah. I uh, thought Tim Boyle was back for a second, but uh, thankfully it's just Nate Sudfeld. Uh, but Drummond made a very nice catch on a fly route that he sort of adjusted to in midair because the ball sort of was fluttering out to his outside shoulder and was supposed to be on the inside. And he turned and made a very nice catch at pretty much full speed. That, that was impressive. So the undrafted rookie wide receivers looking pretty good. Uh, now, keep in mind, this time last year, you know, we had Jonathan Adams, Javon McKinley in here, uh, and everybody was very excited about him. And it turns out that none of them made it. But uh, it was... Good to see. Uh, they, they, there's some depth there. The guy who really stood out as a receiver today was Maurice Alexander, number 15, operating out of the slot, operating some out as, as a wide out. Uh, this is a guy that came in last season. You might remember, came from, I want to say it was the XFL, one of the, one of the competitive leagues, if not the CFL. I believe it was the XFL, though. He caught everything today, and he's getting open and is able to transition very quickly from receiver to runner. And that's something that he showed as a return man and showed in, in his past time, but didn't really get a chance to do a lot of uh, last season in Detroit. He looked really good today. Looked like a guy who belonged in the NFL today. Now he's got to keep that up, but a very good day for number 15, Mo Alexander. Very impressive. Uh, and he also, uh, by the way, uh, let a couple of defensive backs know that he caught balls on him. And that's, that's not something that the Lions discourage. <laughs> that's not something, it's not, it's not, it's obviously not in everybody's character. But uh, Mo had a good day. Uh, also looking at the notes here. Uh, let's see who else did it. Oh, yeah. Uh, just a little bit more on Craig Reynolds. Uh, there was one of them where he uh, he was coming back to the ball, and the throw was way too high, and he made a, a jumping like over-the-head catch. Again, another, another ball from Sudfeld. Um, Sudfeld. Not a good day. Not good. Um, Adrian Martinez was – he looked like an undrafted rookie. Uh, that maybe that's why golf looked so spectacular today was because the guys around him just weren't that great. Henry Hooker's still not throwing. Looks like he's taking mental reps though. Um, doing everything that you want him to do. So that's, uh, that's it for the receivers for now. Anyways, uh, let's see. Let me bear the notes here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we covered that one. Let me get to the right page here. All right. Uh, so Laporta, I, Oh, I wrote this down in the, in the thing twice. Uh, on the tight end drills, uh, that's where Goff really shined. And it wasn't just Laporta that had a good day. Saw some a couple of very nice catches from James Mitchell, who looked faster than he did a year ago. I want to say that he slimmed down just a little bit. Uh, maybe losing, I don't know, maybe converting weight is the better way to say it. Um, not like Aleem, who has sort of reshaped his body. Uh, Aleem McNeil, we talked about that last week, um, and that how... Um, slender he looks compared to last year. Mitchell looks a little bit more lithe and running, and maybe it's just the fact that he's more recovered from the the ACL that he suffered at Virginia Tech, but looked pretty good today. Brock Wright made a fantastic over-the-shoulder catch on a throw where an, another one where we thought that Goff led him a little bit too far when he threw the ball. By golly, Brock Wright went out and got it. Uh, so it was a very good day for the tight ends in general in receiving was nice to see Derek Deese even made a nice catch uh, on a low throw from Adrian Martinez. So the, the tight ends look good today. Good to see 
it feels like the Lions are going to be using the tight end a little bit more as a passing game weapon than what they did after the Hawkinson trade last year. There's just been a couple things that we've heard from Ben Johnson and from Steve Hyden, the new tight ends coach, uh, sort of off the record, but kind of on the record, you know how that goes, uh, that it's they're going to take advantage of what they've got, I think is the best way to say that again on June 1st. Uh, just a couple other quick things. Uh, I shot a quick video about the kickers, but John Parker Romo, if you all miss Matt Prater, that's your guy. Dude has a cannon of a leg. Made, kick, made I, I want to say it was three out of four kicks from beyond 55 yards. The one he missed was from 63 or 64. It was long enough, and it was really close. It was probably three or four balls wide right. But uh, compared to what we saw from Riley Patterson today, uh, the, it's not even a competition. Now, again, it's Riley's first time being back. We'll see what happens uh, when and how much the Lions prioritize this. This is a question that I wanted to ask Dan Campbell, but uh, too many other people asked different questions uh, in the press conference, uh, though in different directions. But one of the things that I'm wondering about is what they're truly emphasizing in their kicker. Do they in the field goal kicking specifically? Do they want a guy who can make several 50 yard plus kicks like XFL's John Parker Romo did today? Or do they want a guy who's going to be much more reliable from 30 to 40 to 45 yards? Which is something that Campbell and Dave Phipp, the special teams coordinator, have told us personally that, that that's what they want to see in the past. I wonder if that dynamic has changed. And I do want to see John Parker Romo kick some shorter kicks because uh, we didn't really see that. I think the shortest one that he attempted was 40. They snapped it from the 35. Uh, no, from the 25. So it would be 42 yards, 43 yards. And he nailed it. Um, dead solid perfect on all those, too. So uh, good day for, for kicker. Michael Badgley was there. He did not kick today. Uh, watch the short. Covers everything on that. Uh, one other, just a couple of other, other little quick notes. Uh, I got to talk to Cam Sutton after practice. Uh, and he was uh, at the every podium, and I was actually the first person over there, and I wound up getting a few minutes. Uh, if you watch the press conference on the Lions YouTube channel, I asked three or four of the first five questions there because just at the beginning, it was just me and Ken Brown over with him. Uh, and I got to say, it's really easy to see why he is revered as a leader and why he's going to be a team captain. That guy, there's a lot going on in his head. He's a very natural, charismatic leader. Talked, talk a lot about the chemistry that they're building, how they're building it what they're doing together, what all the, the pieces coming together, how they're trying to fit everything. He talked about playing for Aaron Glenn, being a cornerback that he grew up watching and liking. Uh, it, it was really cool. Uh, and it's nice to see Cam Sutton. And I will say, though, it's like 92 degrees out, and he's wearing a black like balaclava on his head. Uh, he had to be hot because uh, I know I was hot. I'm, I was there just wearing this, you know, simple purple T-shirt. I was, I was roasting out there. Uh, the other one that I, I want to talk about was, um, I saw Kirby Joseph in his media session wore a free JMO shirt and he said that he did it just to support his guy. Wasn't, you know, like making a statement against the NFL, just showing support for a teammate and a, a brother. And I believe him, uh, Kirby's a pretty straightforward guy, but it was very well received. I got to tell you by the media that was around and also by the other players. Cause when he walked out wearing that shirt and put it on. A lot of guys started woofing, and there was a couple of claps. So they have JMO's back, and that's very nice to see. Uh, with that, I'm going to give you a reminder. Chris and I are going live on Friday. 
I don't know when. Uh, we have a special guest tentatively scheduled. When that guest confirms, we will know. But you will want to like and subscribe to this channel, the Detroit Lions Podcast, so you know when we're coming live, so you can catch that, because you'll want to be part of the chat. you want to be part of the live session. Uh, we do get some questions occasionally from the uh, the chat. It's a good interactive thing. Uh, Chris, as the producer of the show, as well as one of the co-hosts, uh, tends to monitor that pretty closely while he's doing it, and if something interesting comes across, we talk about it. So uh, like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, that way you'll know when I get to come into your holes automatically. Come on, I had to say it. And with that, happy hurricane season and uh, enjoy the NBA finals tonight as I'm watching them. Uh, I don't have a pick. I'm, you know what? I'll, I'll make a quick pick. I like Denver in six. Um, not rooting for either team. No no, no ill will towards Miami. I just like the Nuggets a little bit. Uh, by the way, the Pistons got a new coach today, and that's probably something that we might slide into a podcast upcoming as well once we learn a little bit more about what's going on with that. So uh, with that, peace out. Let's bring it in here together. Let's go. 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 Let's go.